minutes today, go and read our latest joy story. I love these joy stories. They're posted on the website. They're posted on our social media. And today is about a guy named Paul. And you guys are going to love this because those of you who've been listening for a long, long time, uh, you will remember the names Ron Hall and Denver Moore. Uh, Ron, international art dealer, uh, Denver, a homeless man. They became best friends and just the providential way that their lives intersected is just a beautiful story. And it happened through Ron's late wife, his late wife, Debbie. Mm -hmm. If you've not read the book, go read same kind of different as me. They ended up making a movie out of it. But when I read today's uh, joy story, actually, I think it was published yesterday. It's about a man named Paul Mm -hmm. and Paul is actually, he's been in radio in a prior life. Mm -hmm. He was in radio, but he has started a ministry called, shower up. And I love when people, um, they see a tangible need. Mm-hmm. And so he works with the homeless community. Uh, I know some say un, unhomed or unhoused community mm-hmm. and it's simple. It's, it, I mean, sometimes, uh, when you, you bring the good news, <laughs> the good news is in the form of a shower, a shower, or right. a meal, Absolutely. or companionship. Yes, and so these are mobile showers. And shower up, they they service many different areas. I think Atlanta's one, Nashville is one. They're starting in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're in. I don't know if they're in Atlanta or not. Actually, I think no. I don't think that they're in Atlanta. I mm. think Tampa Bay is the first area okay. of our listening areas that they that they serve. Um, we'll put the link at themorningcruise dot com. But Paul, he was reading in Matthew 25 mm-hmm. one day, and, and God just spoke to him. And mm-hmm. Who are the sheep? The yep. ones who gave a cup of cold water in my name. Yes. The ones who, f- yep. who visited me in prison or fed fed me in the form of helping those who are in need. Yes, right. and he prayed, and he said, Lord, change my heart. Help me to have a heart for the least of yeah. these. Yeah. And God answered that prayer, changed mm. his heart, and he has such a, a heart for homeless people. And so I'm excited about this ministry that's coming to the Tampa Bay area. I pray that it comes to more of our listening areas. Yes. Uh, but to to provide a warm shower, and as Paul describes it, it's the handshake that begins the relationship. Mm-hmm. To you know, it's kind of like young life. Befriend them where they're at yeah. with our high school friends. Befriend them where they're at and earn the right to tell them about Jesus through relationship. I love that very too. much the same way. You know, and just the. The, the tangible uh, part of, a, of of that, our, our, hot water, our hot water heater was out a couple of weekends ago. Yeah, and I had to yep. take cold showers. And when that hot water heater got fixed, uh-huh. or we had to get a new one, yeah. mm-hmm. it was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I remember you texting yes. us. And you're like, oh, it's, oh, it's right with the world again. Right. Oh, yeah. It I really, mean, when when we lost power and such at the during hurricane, the hurricane yeah. oh, yeah. there were a couple of days. And it's like that first hot shower is, is dreams. Oh, yeah. It yeah. reminds you that some people live this way they don't have access to the same things we do so for a guy like paul to feel that this is his ministry 
it really is a tangible thing. So I'm, it's a part of our joy story, and you can read it by clicking the link at themorningcruise.com. We were just talking about meeting a tangible need, a gospel need met through the warm showers that Paul is mm-hmm. providing. It's called Shower Up. Yeah, that ministry, you can find out more about it at themorningcruise.com. We've mm-hmm. put the link to the joy story there. But it reminded me that next week yes. is T-shirts for turkeys. Yeah, we start this on Monday. We go hard, go really hard for four days. We absolutely cannot do this without you. But I think this is our most beloved outreach of the whole entire year. We've been doing this. I think we counted up yesterday, 19 mm-hmm. years. This is so, yeah, well, we've been doing it for 20 so it's our nineteenth, our nineteenth uh, consecutive, or yeah, annual, it's, our, it's our nineteenth time doing this. But t-shirts for turkeys is really simple. Here's here's how it goes: you bring us a frozen turkey, and we give you a t-shirt. And every year we design new t-shirts. It's a newly designed t-shirt. This year they're navy. We've never had a navy shirt before. We serve three different states, and when I tell you that we are going to as many places as possible. Yes. Hear me say we are covering some territory, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to log on right now uh, to thejoyfm.com or set a reminder on your phone to log to 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 log on later because here's what happens. It comes and goes so fast by the time people hear that we're doing t-shirts for turkeys, they call and say, "Hey, when are you coming to XYZ?" And inevitably, it's one of those things where we just we hit just it. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can't exactly circle back and hit no. it again. We've, we're covering so much territory that you can't, you can't go back for seconds. So <laughs> that's why it's important to check now yeah. and plan Plus, ahead. If you're between towns, and we always hear from people saying, can't you come to my area? I wish we could. We're literally covering as much ground as we possibly physically can. Yep. So the the list of all the stops was posted, I think it was yesterday. We're doing more stops than ever. I'm so excited to look at the Georgia schedule, for example, and to see all the different places we're going to be throughout our Georgia listening area and East Alabama. It's just going to be amazing. And then the Florida stops. How many did you say yesterday, Carmen? 40? 40. Yeah, yeah, 40 yeah. stops. I think there's 25 Georgia stops. We've got Alabama stops starting next week yep. as well. Man, and it's going to be a full-on week. If you've never done it before, a frozen turkey gets you the T-shirt. You can bring as many frozen turkeys as you want. Yes. Uh, if you can't do frozen turkeys, we do take paper turkeys, we call them, a $10 bill. Yeah. If you could throw a little extra in there, yes. that'd be helpful. That would be helpful. Because it's sure. hard. You know, turkeys are more expensive than they have been before. But still, we're asking you $10. So you give us $10. We give you the T-shirt. Mm-hmm. The ministry gets the money. And this is the important thing for you. Wherever you are. The dollars and the turkeys stay there. Yes. We're working with ministries in each area who will take what's given in that area to serve the people that are in need in that area. Find out more. Check it out. T-shirts for turkeys at thejoyfm.com. Yesterday was Reformation Day. Yes, I know it was Halloween too, but we were talking a lot about Reformation. And I just have to tell you, Dave and Bill. Yes. We sold at least one book. (laughs) Oh, really? We weren't trying to sell books. No, we we... were not. That is not our goal, obviously. That's, you know, we're trying to sell anything on here. Uh, But it's so funny because Pete texted me and he he said, this was right after the show yesterday, I think. And he said, uh, he goes, Martin Luther, he goes, is it the same? Is it this? Are you talking about the same author who wrote Bonhoeffer? Mm -hmm. And I wrote back and said, yes, Eric Metaxas, when we all read Bonhoeffer. 
And then uh, he wrote back. He goes, just bought it. So <laughs> last night. Go, Pete. Yes, last night. He he had the he is the biggest kid. And yeah. we always have a, I mean, we had so many kids in our neighborhood last night. It was so fun. And I don't know if this is just a thing since 2020 or not, but uh, it used to be where when it was Halloween trick-or-treating, folks would, you know, kids would come and knock on the door, trick-or-treat. But everyone has migrated, and I remember in 2020 doing this. Everyone's migrated out to the Stand, drive, yeah, the yeah, driveway where you got the tables oh, yeah, and all yeah. of that. And I, none of us have have uh, have gone back. So Pete's out there, and he's got the table set up. He's got little, you know, orange lights. He's got his full size candy bars that he loves. Uh, so he just had the best time last night. He came in. He was just like. You, he was just in, yeah. Just I didn't so uh, get home till almost six o'clock last yeah. night, and as I'm pulling in the neighborhood, there's Andrew, my neighbor, who's yeah. sitting in the driveway, yep. all set up and ready I to mean, go. All my neighbors are out. So then he came in. I'm at this point. I'm getting ready for bed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm transitioning to go to bed, and I don't even know how Martin Luther came up, but I don't. I don't remember how he came. Up. Anyway, we started talking about the book. He goes, "Yeah, I bought it." He goes, "I want to read it." And I'm like, "Well, maybe we'll read it together. I've had it forever. Yeah, I need to go pick it back up." Um, he goes, well, you guys just, he said, you, he goes, I've always been interested. He said, but the way y'all talked about it yesterday really piqued my interest. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Cause sometimes I fear, you know, I'm pulling back the curtain just a little bit, but you know, sometimes I fear that we just, especially being with Bill, we're students cause we have to be. Mm-hmm. So Bill's the professor, but I'm just being honest. And he knows this, like we were brother, sister. I try to hip him up a little bit. Like I tried to make the the stuff that right. he brings. Well, you haven't accessible. helped that particular <laughs> goal in the last two but days. Pete, I know, but Pete, because hey. I've been all about Martin Luther King. Well, I'm just saying, I have never seen, in two days in a row now, yeah. a grin that size on I his know, face. It's all about Martin Luther. So if you're trying to hip him up, you're taking it the wrong direction. <laughs> you know today's All Saints Day. That's right. We've talked about this. You knew yes, that, right? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Okay. Do, do you want to hear something about it? Is it going to be? I mean, do you are you are you going to put on the bottom shelf? I don't we know. Can understand? I'm going to try sell okay. another book, maybe. I, maybe I think so. I think you're. See, I have I I think because you taught me about Martin Luther, and then I can translate a little bit. Yeah, I think that's part of our our selling right. technique around here. Well, let me give you something else to translate. Okay. in less than two songs. Well, Great. in two songs. Okay. We won't cut a song in half yeah. just Pete, to do the break. I hope you have a good budget for books. <laughs> All Saints Day is today. We're talking about it this week just a little bit. We mentioned it, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to bring in something this morning just to talk about it a little bit because this is a little bit like the Christian Memorial Day, if you will. You could think of it that way. Back in the early, early, early church, when Christians were under persecution, and they were at various periods, not continually, but at various periods, especially the Diocletian persecution, which is what I told you I think about when I think about the Roman Empire. The di- okay, the Diocletian. Right. I- that was in the 300s, but set that on okay. a shelf for now because I don't want to go there. Okay. But I want to tell you about Polycarp. Kettle of fish? No. It does Sounds sound like, like, it, like a fish, it? yes. No. He was a, the Bishop of Smyrna and one of the early martyrs of the church. Now, here's the thing about Christianity. You know, we're called to lose our life for the gospel. And that does not mean that we seek martyrdom. There's no glory in seeking martyrdom. The early church was very clear about that. But if you come under persecution, you're told to endure to the end. In fact, the Scripture says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. It was in my Scripture reading this morning. Seriously? As a matter of fact, yes, Matthew 10, yes. Okay, it says, you will be hated by all for my name's sake, 
but the one who endures, endures to, the, to end the end will be saved. Yes. I wow. mean, we don't have to, you know, for us, that's like, okay, well, I think I have my 401k will carry me through my retirement and I'll, you know, hopefully get to live out my days. Mm-hmm. For the early church, it often meant, okay, Rome is not going to tolerate these Christians because they don't worship Caesar. They don't sacrifice to the gods. They have one God, Jesus. Mm-hmm. They have these weird things that they do, like they, you know, the body and the blood and the mm-hmm. the communion and all this stuff, and they're kind of exclusive. And we think they might be messing up the empire. They won't worship Caesar. So Polycarp is the bishop of Smyrna. And in the mid-100s, they come to get him for this very thing. And I just want you to hear what he said at the end of his life. Like, he was ready. He'd had, like, a vision three days before that they were going to come after him. Mm -hmm. They came after him. They brought him to the arena. They brought him to the proconsul. And the proconsul, like the governor, said, I have wild beasts, and I'll have you thrown before them if you do not renounce Jesus and Mm -hmm. change your mind. Mm -hmm. And Polycarp looked at them and said, well, call for them. To us, a change from better to worse is impossible. But it's noble to change from what is evil to what is good, Mr. Proconsul. Mm. Basically, he's calling him to put his faith in Christ. We'll call for them. I love that. And then he said, well, if you make little of the beasts, I'll have you consumed by fire unless you change your mind. And listen to what Polycarp said. The fire which you threaten is one that burns for a little while and after a short time goes out. You evidently do not know the fire of judgment to come and the Mm. eternal punishment which awaits the wicked. Why do you delay? Go ahead, do Mm. what you want. Wow. And then the very last thing he said, which was kind of a famous line, is that he said, um, you know, they they put him in the fire and they they took his life. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, the last moment the proconsul said, look, Mm. take the oath and I will set you free. Revile Christ. Mm. And Polycarp said, and this will give you a clue, he was 86 years old, by the way, mm-hmm. 86. He said, for 86 years, I've been serving Jesus, and he has done me no wrong. How dare I blaspheme my king who saved me? Mm. Light the fire. Mm. Mm. So they consumed him with that, and this became sort of you know one of the early stories that the church told and passed on. This was an early text, goes back to maybe the late second century, churches observed this until around the 800s, and then they just created it a day for it. Yeah, The Reformation said, you know what, we don't like this because people now are worshiping the bones of saints, mm-hmm. so they kind of moved away from it. Mm-hmm. But it still is kind of like a Christian Memorial Day, yeah, okay, where we like appreciate it. and remember yeah. those who went before us. Love that story. And now we all know about, is it P-O-L-Y-C-A-R-P? Polycarp? You got it. Okay, we all yep. know about Polycarp. Not, not so much a kettle of fish, but a great uh, witness of enduring to the end. Well, there are changes coming to social media, possibly. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I saw this coming necessarily, but the the folks over at Meta, who own Instagram and Facebook, mm-hmm. are sort of taking a page out of some streaming services playbook. Mm. Uh, no, this could be good. Okay. Think about it. Think about it. If they start charging for some stuff, maybe less people will be on it. And so all the toxicity and venom that can be on social media won't happen. I just don't want another monthly payment. You both have a little bit of the story. Okay, let's I'm not sure it will knock anybody off. Okay. Because there will be the free ads version. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. And then the 
adless mm-hmm. subscription version. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with a monthly payment, and they're rolling this out in uh, this month in Europe. Is this on Facebook? Facebook or? Okay. and Insta. Okay. Cost you about 10 euros, which yeah. is about $10.50 a month yeah. in the States. And uh, that's for a desktop. If you're using it on mobile, like most people are, mm-hmm. well, they've figured out that most people are using it on mobile. So it's about thirteen seventy-five for your mobile device. So a little more to, for your phone yeah. than if you were using it on the desktop. You'd have to pay per, devi- per device? Uh, How many you, cell phones yeah. you got? Well, I you mean, about like your I got my Mac and I got my How often, though, do you phone. use the Mac? Oh, I use it a lot. Yeah, I, I do too. But for social media? Yeah, yeah. I do. I rarely ever go to social media on my de- my laptop anymore. Yeah. See, but you're a, you're a PC right guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But well, got- it has nothing to do with whether you're a Mac or a PC guy. I'm just saying my phone is constantly in my hand. And if I'm going to check Instagram and Facebook, it's on, your phone. It's on my phone. Yeah. Yep. I can just see better on my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> I sound old. But no, think about this for a minute. If, if, if there's a charge, it's... It's all, I mean, no one wants ads. Look, when we go buy apps and all that kind of stuff, a lot of us will pay the extra, the two ninety nine or three ninety nine to get ad free. Right. Um, but anything to deter, deter, I mean, I know social media has become a thing, but man, it's so, it's so, ugh. It's, I think sometimes I think the negatives outweigh the good. So yeah. if it deters folks a little bit, I don't know that it's all bad. I just don't know that it will deter anybody because, like I said, there's still yeah. the free option yeah. with ads. So, But it won't be as enjoyable for folks, I don't think. Maybe. It would be what it is now. Are You've ads? got ads <gasps> on it now. Oh, yeah, so even on Instagram. You know, that's so true. Those do pop the up. The only thing that would change is you can pay to get rid of the ads. Oh. Everybody right. else still stays. Can you pay to get rid of the trolls? No. Yeah, I'll sign uh, up for that. There's, yeah. The trolls are under every bridge. And you're just going to have to deal with them. Uh. Now, here's the main reason. This is not, you would think, okay, so they're struggling. They, they're they looking mm-hmm. for more ways to make money. Mm-hmm. This has less to do with making money than it do, does avoiding some regulation. Okay. Uh. Which is why this is being rolled out in Europe. Got it. First. In Europe, there are certain uh, data privacy rules that mean you have to give consent before they can show you the ads. Gotcha. So if they give you a ad-free subscription version mm-hmm. or the free but with ads version, and you choose the free but with ads version, uh-huh. now they've got the blanket. Consent. Exactly. Uh, so that's really what this is about. Right? Not just making a few bucks with subscriptions, hmm. but trying to avoid having people opt in or opt out every time you want to run commercials. So if you were added to the ad-free tier, then you've opted out of the commercials. But if you take the free subscri- non-subscription, then they can show you whatever commercials they want. Hmm. Now, they're planning to bring this whole ad-free idea to the U.S., but they haven't announced when that might happen yet. Hmm. Right now, they're just interested in getting out of those mm. consent traps mm-hmm. yeah. in mm. Europe. Well, let's mm. see so, how it goes in Europe. Yeah. We will see. Uh, it rolls out this. I wonder your your kids are still in yeah in Europe. Yep. It rolls out today. Oh. Huh? I wonder if they try using social media if they're going to have to make a choice. I don't know. 
or if their accounts are grandfathered in or because their they're U.S. Or maybe their accounts are tied to the U.S. That's That may be their yeah. saving grace at this point. Otherwise, uh, you just your, your budget just went up. I saw this story yesterday, and I thought, I need to check into this just a little bit more to see what's going on. There's a group of ladies that had a 50, 50th high school reunion, and uh, this was in Michigan. And so while they got together for the, the reunion, they also pooled their resources and uh, rented an Airbnb while they were going to be in town. And they apparently rented it for several nights. And on the fourth night, they were awakened by screeching noises. And they they wondered, what is that? Now, they're renting a place called The Castle, Mm -hmm. which is an old Victorian uh, place. (laughs) And, you know. So creepy castle. An old Victorian creepy place. Now, this was in July. Uh So it's better than had it happened this week. Right. But still, screeching noises in an old Victorian place. Mm -hmm. You wonder what's going on. Well, it turned out to be a swarm of bats. Ooh. Which made their way on into the area of the house where the women were Uh, some of them were struck uh, by the swarm uh, basically they got caught up in the in the i don't know if they call them a swarm the flock of bat whatever they're called yeah and uh, some of them were bitten Ooh, others got them tangled in their hair pretty much every wow every legend you've ever heard about encountering bats yeah they experienced yeah so uh an exterminator was called and found what he called a large colony hmm. of Michigan brown bats living in the attic Ooh. that had apparently been there for oh, wow. several years. Huh. So it's amazing that nobody else had ever had these yeah. encounters. Uh, the women had to get rabies shots. Of course. Yeah. Um, the owner of the property, this is my favorite quote of the story. Hmm. The owner of the property called it, quote, incredibly random and unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I unquote. guess so. Okay, you've had a large colony of brown bats living in the attic of your Airbnb mm-hmm. for years, and you call this incredibly mm-hmm. random and unfortunate? I call it incredibly random and fortunate that it hadn't happened before. Yeah. You know, we went for a walk on Friday. Was it Friday after dinner? We had company, and we just went for a little neighborhood walk. And Pete looked up, and he was like, oh, my goodness, look at the bats. Like, they yeah. were flying. And I, I, here's my thing. I'm like, babe, how do you know those are bats? He goes, because I can look at them and see that they're bats. And he was, <laughs> right. you know, naming and some the other The pattern things. that they fly is also a little weird. Mm-hmm. It, okay. Maybe that was, yeah, he might have said something like that, too. In my mind, bats, we just, I don't know that, I've, I've just never paid attention to bats. I mean, we I know that. We used to that, have them in our, uh, I mean, growing up, we'd see them. From it just makes me wonder how many times I've gone for a walk and it's there were bats and I just thought it was a bird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Same here. Just, several times. Yeah. But so. I mean, the the guy that owns the property did um, refund their money and pay for hotel lodging and dinner, but they're still suing him. Yeah, which, I guess so. Uh, what a horrible experience! Oh, yeah, you'd feel I mean, like you were in a horror movie, right? There were I've I've had bad encounters a couple of times, yeah. other than just at yeah. night, yeah, outside. When I was in first grade, there were bats that lived in the wall behind the blackboard in my classroom, Ooh. and you could hear them from time. And to this time. was well known. Well, yeah. And they yeah. never could get them out? They never tried, to my knowledge. Well, they like this owner. <laughs> one of them ended up on the sidewalk. Yeah. I can remember that still. I was in first grade. Yeah. 
uh, as uh, probably when I was in college, I was in a band. We played a concert at the First Baptist Church of Clinton, Louisiana, which actually had bats in its belfry. <laughs> Okay. And encountered a bat in the in the vestibule. Nice. So, you know, I've never had this kind of encounter, but mm-hmm. I'm familiar with you know, the that, bat situation. That'd be a pretty good band name, Bats in the Vestibule. Well, it's better than having bats in your belfry. I, I read something the other day about motivation, and it really, really resonated with me. And I just wanted to, to share it this morning. And today's November 1st. You know, you could look at you could look at the year and say, okay. We have two more months left in the year. Holidays are around the corner. Uh, when it comes to, you know, diet, exercise, or any anything that you want to do, any goal that you might have set, read the Bible, uh, fill in the blank. Let's just chuck it. Wait for January. Start over. I don't think we should do that. I don't think mm. we should do that. I think we still have two more months left in in the year. We'll be proud if we get to the end of the year. Uh, with whatever goal that we set for me, uh, exercise has, I've been on the struggle bus really, I went on vacation in May. We did a a short trip to the beach and for whatever reason, when I got back, I never was able to pick it back up consistently. So it's been, it's not been good for me. So I'm talking to myself here, but let me know if this resonates with you. So a lot of folks feel like here's what we think the process is when it comes to motivation Mm -hmm. and let's just use exercise. We think that we have to wait for the motivation or somehow get the motivation, go find the motivation, and then that leads to the action, and then that leads to the results, which then leads to more motivation. Right, we right. F- We feel like that's the way that it goes, right? Sure. That's my mindset. It's uh-huh. like, oh, Lord, help me be motivated, or I got to motivate myself to get out, and I don't need motivation. I've been saying that most of the year. Oh, <laughs> for sure. It's all of us. I mean, I don't need a lot of motivation to go walk, especially when it's gorgeous outside. I look forward forward to that. Um, here's how the process really goes from a mental standpoint. So take note of this. First, we have to do the action. The action has to come first. Uh-huh. Then we start to see the results. Uh-huh. Then when you see the results, yes. then you become even more motivated or that's when the motivation comes because you're seeing you're seeing what you want to see or feeling how you want to feel. Right. And then that leads to more action. Mm-hmm. So where we get it wrong is we wait for the motivation to do the action when that needs to be flipped. We need to do the action, which leads to the results, which then leads to the motivation. The motivation's yes. like three, st- three steps in. So a couple of, and we've talked about this before. This is nothing, nothing new. You know, sometimes you just have to go put on your tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. You just have to turn on the music. You just mm-hmm. have to turn on the video. Um, I Step know, outside. Yeah, or put. <laughs> I mean, just put on your shoes. Yeah. Literally just put on your shoes. And then there's also, we've talked about this before, the five-second rule, where if you don't act, if you literally do not move your body to do the action of the thing that you want to do, whether it be clean your room, wash your car, uh Fill in the blank. Our, open your Bible. Yes, open your Bible. <laughs> if you don't do it within the first five seconds, yeah. your brain, your mind will talk you out of it. Yep. It's called the five-second rule, and you have to just do the thing before you have a chance 
talked yourself out of it. I thought the five-second rule was if you pick it up off the floor yeah. within five seconds, <laughs> yeah. it's still good to eat. That's the that's, other five-second five rule. Five second oh. That's the other five-second rule. The, the thing about action is so true, though. It's yeah. so true. I didn't believe it for the longest time, and uh-huh. I think I think I'm starting to believe it a lot more. If you just do the thing, if if there's a goal out there, yeah. and you said I want to achieve this, uh-huh. the the thing you've got to do is go do it once. Yes, go do it once yeah. at least, and then you're gonna assess that and say, "Wow, I'm so glad I did that. Make, I feel better." Yeah. And then you do it again. Make achievable goals too, instead of saying, "CB and I were talking about this over the weekend." As we'll say, okay, we're going to hit 10,000 steps. We're going to work out three times a week. And really and truly, when you're trying to get back on the bus, you just have to say, okay, I'm going to I'm going to walk 10,000 steps three times this week. Start right. with achievable goals. Right. So, That's anywho. good. All right. Action before the motivation. That's what leads to the motivation. Carmen, I love what you just shared mm-hmm. and talking about using the last two months of the year rather than just saying, "Ah, oh, well, I'm off the bus, yeah. whatever it is, Bible reading, exercise, mm-hmm. whatever, and saying January's coming, I'll just coast till yeah. then. Yeah. Because you'll be in better shape to actually do the thing you want to do for the year if mm-hmm. you're not coasting when you start, mm-hmm. if you actually have some momentum. And I don't do well with my own personal disciplines when it comes to exercise, especially if I don't have a goal out there that I'm somehow invested in. Yeah. And so um, I I got with my family because we typically do this and, you know, just running has been a struggle for me this year. And mm-hmm. a lot of it honestly has just been scheduled. Yeah. It's just been demands and I don't know how to figure out how to sort them out and, and make it consistent. So it's just not been there. And then you get into that. And then the very cycle that you talk about mm-hmm. happens when I do have time, I'm not motivated. Yeah. So action before motivation was yeah. what you were talking about. Yeah. I think that goal setting out there thing is important too. So I just went ahead and, and signed up and got the family to do the turkey trot once again this oh, year. Oh, fun. We're going to do it. Like I can't, I probably can't go out there and run every step of that turkey trot. So I thought, well, there's a few others in my family. Mm-hmm. Well, like Leah right now is training for like a half marathon. Oh, so good. she's yeah. she's going gangbusters. Yeah. But a few of us are just kind of on the, mm, I think I might have to walk it this year. Yeah. And that's great. Walking is I so know. good for you. But it was hurtful to my pride uh, to, to say. Is this the one where you won your division? No, I've never won the division in this one. There's too uh, many people. <laughs> I can win my division when they're small. When it's a small right. field. When it's a small, <laughs> right. But no, I, I don't win my age bracket mm-hmm. when it's this big. But it's a great, it's Thanksgiving morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite places to run. Yeah. And it feels so good to get up on a Thanksgiving morning, uh-huh. go out there and sweat and run by yeah. eight o'clock. You're like, I am ready for that Thanksgiving dinner. Bring it on. Yeah. So it's fun. But this year, I just thought, I'm going to just put my pride aside, mm-hmm. walk this, and then the ones who want to come walk it with me. Mm-hmm. So now we've started walking. Nice. To get ready for the, yeah. for the walk. Yeah. Which is motivating us to do more yes yes, you know that's kind of cool a great walk people if people would if they only knew how healthy walking is i mean just getting your steps because a lot of the a lot of the energy you burn is outside of the x i mean you're only going to burn x amount of calories when you exercise but just upping your metabolism i mean you've got if you look at exercise that's 30 45 minutes of the day you've got the rest of the day 
So it's all of that non-exercise time, which is just movement, just walking, standing. So walking is good. Is good. For right. You. You're not cheating if you're walking. Right. And having awesome. having that forty dollar in investment. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's yeah. my guy brain day, yeah. but I ain't gonna waste that forty bucks. Yeah. Right. I'm Me neither. <laughs> That you never paid. You're not going to sign That's right. I'm not going to waste that 40 bucks. I think you missed it, though. If you're a parent of a school-aged student, I'd love for you to chime in on this by texting us at 800-456-8910, especially if you're in the Orlando area. This is where the story focuses. Uh, Florida passed a law back in May requiring public school districts to impose rules banning student cell phone use during class time. And this fall, Orange County Public Schools, which includes uh, Timber Creek High School, went even further, banning students from using cell phones during the entire school day. Now, the story that I'm talking about actually comes from the New York Times, and it focuses on this particular school in Orange County, which is in our listing area. And basically, the logic here is, You know, rampant social media use during school threatens students' education, well-being, and physical safety. There's a lot of evidence to to corroborate that. But this new Florida law um, requires public schools to prohibit students' cell phone use during instructional time and blocks their access to social media on district Wi-Fi. Now, this is not just happening in—I mean, it's happening in small pockets across the country. The new Florida law put into effect, it actually found— bipartisan support across the political spectrum and the new cell phone policy this year at Hillsborough County Public Schools, the Tampa area of Florida, says we see it, we take it. So they've got some additional teeth to implementing this law as well. In Orange County, which is the nation's eighth largest school district, educators say that many students' attachment to their phones seem to deepen during the pandemic. No, no news here so far, but students rarely looked up from their devices. Some teenagers covertly filmed their classmates and spread the videos on apps like Snapchat and TikTok. We saw a lot of bullying, said Mark Wasco, the principal of Timber Creek, which has about 3,800 students. We had a lot of issues with students posting or trying to record things that went on during school time. Toilet TikToks became a thing. Uh, Orange County educators like Lisa Rodriguez-Davis, who's a middle school teacher, we're really getting exasperated with their students continually using their phones during class. So September rolls around. First day of school, Timber Creek administrators confiscated more than 100 phones from their students. Mr. Wasco said after that, the confiscations quickly dropped. They got the word. Mm-hmm. The ban has made the atmosphere at Timber Creek, listen to this, mm-hmm. both more pastoral mm-hmm. and more carceral. I had to look that word up. I was going to say, what does that mean? More jail-like. Oh, okay. Oh, incarcerated. Uh Uh I'll get to that in a second. Mr. Wasco said students now make eye contact and respond when he greets them. Mm. Teachers said students seemed more engaged in class. Good. Nikita McCaskill, who's a government teacher at Timber Creek, said Mm -hmm. students are more talkative, more collaborative. Once a couple of students said it makes their interactions with their classmates more authentic, Mm -hmm. more real. Now, other students said that the surveillance has intensified. It makes it feel like prison. Um, there, There's a, a security officer who patrols during lunch period on a golf cart, typically picks up a few students, brings them into the office. There are monitored school camera feeds for students. 
And this is just a way to actually enforce this ban. Then finally, here's a 13-year-old. They changed her name for the story. Mm -hmm. And this sounds to, if you're, you know, if you've raised kids and whatever, you're of a certain age, it's going to sound a bit dramatic. But Mm -hmm. you stop and think about the world of teenagers today, Mm -hmm. which is just really revolving around their phones. Mm -hmm. And so Catalina, that's a made-up name, says, imagine the device you use on a daily basis to communicate with other people is completely gone. She's a middle schooler, and she and her mother both oppose this. She says it feels completely isolating. Some other parents say, I don't like not being able to get hold of my kids. Mm-hmm. I don't feel as safe. So I just wonder if you're a parent, yeah, what you think about this. I think, yeah, I'd be very curious to hear because, I mean, we... I don't want to sound old, but we all we survived going to school without well, texting our parents. All th- day yeah, long, this is a very know? recent development. Yeah, my kids did right. not have cell phones at school. If you got sick at school, you had to go to the office, mm-hmm. use the phone, visit the school nurse, mm-hmm. whatever. But for hundreds of years, <laughs> kids went to school, yeah. and parents were not able to contact them immediately at the, at the it, drop yeah. of a hat. Throughout the school and day. I, I think it's become the new normal to be able to text immediately. Right. And so when it when that's become the new normal and that's your frame of reference, then, yeah, when you can't do it, I can see how it would feel, quote, unquote, right. isolating. Yeah. But then again, but, I mean, you've adjusted I, I your expectations. That's what I'm saying. This, yeah. is, this is a new expectation. I would just try it for a little while and see right. if those feelings subsided a little bit. Catalina's comment to me was really telling. Mm. And I've heard this from my youngest son. Yeah. That the way mm-hmm. she interacts with friends yeah. is through social media, through her phone, yeah. through the apps right. and so forth. And yeah. that's the primary way. So now with that being said, yeah. I think the good of this outweighs the bad uh-huh. because it does push back against that and says you're going to communicate face to face, eye to eye. Yeah. And I know this conversation is getting long, but you think about there's it, th- this is not a coincidence that... Uh, Depression rates, anxiety rates, suicide rates. Yeah. Sorry to say that, but it's true. There it has a, been directly linked. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when you say that's my primary way of communicating with my friends, well, that's a problem. That because is. that is not how we were created to communicate. That's not how God designed us. Yeah. yeah. If this is your primary way to communicate, it's it, we've said it before. Social media is not socializing. Mm-mm. It's isolating. Mm-hmm. And if you feel isolated because you don't have your phone, Try looking up and talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you won't feel nearly as isolated. But the other thing is just because you can, mm-hmm. and that's where it's created this new reality, mm. doesn't mean you need to. I don't know that my mother ever needed desperately to contact me on a day-to-day basis at school. Mm-hmm. And if she did, she drove to the school and got you. Or if there was some sort of emergency, right. she could call the the, right. the school office and they would come to the classroom mm-hmm. and get me. Mm-hmm. In this new normal, what do you yeah. think? You can text yeah, us at 800-456-8910. Wow, great interaction on this. Thank you for these texts. Here's just a couple from our listeners. I'm a parent and teacher. When students or, or teachers can't force students to put their phones away, keeping their attention is impossible. You cannot compete with the videos and the games. And then we got uh, somebody who's a pediatric speech language pathologist who says that they frequently tell parents that devices and apps can actually hinder your kids from learning how to talk to other kids, that kids need to talk to each other and interact even for the development 
in pediatric language. And as a parent, I highly limit my child's tech time. Mm. I think we're hearing a lot of comments that are along these lines. Yeah. Heidi, what do you think? I'm one of those old school moms. I have four kids. Two of them have already graduated. My two that I have now, one in middle school, one in high school as a freshman. None of my kids had cell phones until my oldest two got jobs. My youngest two now, they, they, you know, they don't have jobs, so they don't have cell phones. But as a substitute in middle school in Pasco County, um, it's really nice that they've put this into effect because the kids, you know, kids in general, you know, they just want to be on their phones all the time. They want to interact. And like you guys were just saying, their biggest excuse is, well, my mom needs to get a hold of me or if I need to text my parent. And I always remind them, there's a phone in every classroom. If there's an emergency, your parent's going to you know, be able to call. They're going to be able to call the school. Um, they'll call the classroom and you can talk to them if it's that big of an emergency, mm-hmm. dial their phone number. Yeah. You know, right wow. here. I didn't know um, there was a phone in every classroom. Yeah, that's that's a new development well, since I was in school. County. I don't okay. know about other ones, but every single classroom, every, yeah. the teacher has an extension. There's a phone in the room. Oh, wow. Um, it, you, yeah. So it used to be, remember, the button on the wall. Or yes. Yeah. In the office, but right. it's a it's a phone now. But with them, um, I'm one of those nice substitutes. I if they're working during the day or during the class period and they're getting their work done and they're not just kind of thinking that they run yeah. the classroom and getting stuff done, I tell them in the beginning, look, you get, you start working, you get, you know, get stuff done. I'll give you the last five minutes of class. See, I think that's great. You know, be, I love that. I'd probably be the same. Yeah. I'd probably be the same. I give them that. And I, you know, because the, the websites are blocked. They're not Snapchatting. They're not able to get on their social media because yeah. it's already blocked, blocked. At the school. So, yeah, that's good. you know, that's their time to text your mom or whatever. Yes. That's what I tell them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Which means they're texting each other. Um, all right hey thanks in other words they're texting each other exactly all right Heidi thanks thanks for calling you have a great day thanks for listening you too bye-bye we've talked about it a little bit it's that time of year again and we mentioned it early on when we started the show today uh, primarily because I I opened up the YouVersion Bible app and the verse of the day today Mm -hmm. just seemed to uh, go along with this it's uh the verse of the day today is Proverbs eleven twenty five. Hmm. A generous person hmm. will be prosperous. Love it. And one who gives others plenty of water will himself be given plenty of water. And so this is, you know, when, it, when this was written, mm-hmm. to get water uh, was a little different than walking to the sink that's just across the hall from us here and right. turning on the spigot. Mm-hmm. It was as it is in many places, especially in third world countries now, where you have to dig a well, you got to go to the well, you got to fill a pitcher, you got to bring it back. It was difficult to get water and it was difficult at times to find water. So the idea that if you were generous with your water, which was a scarce and valuable resource, people would be generous to you as well. We don't have to worry about that so much nowadays. Like I said, you turn on the faucet, sure. You turn on the hose, Mm -hmm. you got plenty of water whenever you need it. But there are still plenty of people in our areas, in our communities, that have need. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not water. Maybe it's a house. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's just day-to-day sustenance. Mm -hmm. And once a year, we gather together at uh, what—I'm sorry, I've I've got Charles Dickens in my head right now. (laughs) And it's early in A Christmas Carol when Mm -hmm. he is approached by a couple of guys Mm. who say that it is at this— certain time of the year Hmm. when we endeavor to gather together some funds to provide the poor with meat and bread. Mm. And he's not all that generous with them. Uh 
but we're asking you to be generous at this most auspicious time of the year. Are you saying don't be a Scrooge? Don't be a Scrooge <laughs> as we endeavor to gather turkeys yeah. to provide for the poor. Yeah. T-shirts for turkeys, Dave is right, is starting on Monday. And this is our most beloved, is it most beloved or most beloved? It's I guess either, either way. Six and one either hand, way. half dozen the other. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. It's our most beloved outreach. And I mean, let's be honest. I think people love it because they're helping. But I also think people love it because they get the new T-shirt. They love getting that newly designed T-shirt. By the way, complete side note. I'm going to have to figure out who took this picture <laughs> of these shirts. It's driving you a little crazy. It is driving I'm distracted me. by Dickens. Bonkers. She is distracted by wrinkles. Uh, yes. Uh, whoever took these pictures on the, or on the website that we made a graphic out of, I just want to straighten the T-shirt on the hanger. It's literally, every time I look at it, it just. That's why it's there. It's psychologically. I start twitching. It, it, right. It, We're going to have so in. much web traffic to our <laughs> yeah. website now just so they can go see how the, how the T-shirt is. But T-shirts for turkeys starts on Monday, and it's simple. You bring us a frozen turkey, and we give you a T-shirt. And for almost 20 years, it's been $10 as a paper right. turkey. But because uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword, because of where we are with just inflation and th- these trying economic times, certainly didn't want to raise the price to, you know, $15 as a paper turkey. But I do, and I'll probably say this, you know, throughout T-shirts for turkeys, if you're at a place where that's something you could do, consider it because the $10 for these ministries is... It won't is, go as far is, as it has in the past. It's just not going to go as far. So... Um, anyway, just something to think about, pray about. We will give you the locations. Of, do you have Alabama over there by chance? I don't Dave? have it. You grab uh, Alabama. All right. Let's at least give Monday morning. Sure. Okay, sure. Bill, so you yeah. do Georgia, I'll well, do Florida. I'll start in Georgia because we're going to be at three locations on Monday morning. Uh, this is happening between 7.30 and 10 a.m., and they're all Chick-fil-A's. Monroe is going to be at 620 Highway 138 in Monroe. Noonan's going to be at the Glenda Trace uh, Chick-fil-A. There's always a different name for that, and I need to go find that out. But then there's Carrollton, the Chick-fil-A on Bankhead Highway, and I mm-hmm. think there's a couple of Chick-fil-A's there, too. So if you'd like the actual link to the map, you just yep. want to get it, just go click right there, and you'll sure. know exactly which location to be at. Florida, we're going to be at four locations, and we're just giving Monday morning. If you want to participate in T-Shirts for Turkeys, go to thejoyfm.com this week and look ahead and see when we're coming to a city near you. Uh, but for Monday morning in Florida, it's going to be Sarasota on Fruitville Road. It's Chick-fil-A. Tampa is going to be the Chick-fil-A on Waters. Bartow Chick-fil-A on Van Fleet Drive. And then in Clearwater, we're going to be at Calvary Church on South McMullen Booth Road. So that's Florida. Alabama is going to be at the Healthcare Resource Center. It's on West Main Street in Dothan right there. Uh, they're going to be there from 11 to 2. That's the, the actual turkey stop time for the morning. There's another one from 2 to 5. You can check all of that at thejoyfm.com. Got a couple of texts after that conversation about turkeys. And folks are saying, I'd be glad to put in a little bit more this year, which is really, really kind. Thank you. I I did go back and check inflation on turkeys. (laughs) And and I don't know that I've got these numbers all sorted out here. But according to the American Farm Bureau, and I think this was dated the beginning of the month, October 5th, Mm -hmm. there's been a little... You know, the bird flu thing happened mm-hmm. since then, it seems like. I don't know if that's kind of any effect on it, but the average price for an 8- to 16-pound tur- turkey typically served for Thanksgiving 
came down just a little bit. Oh, good. A dollar twenty-seven. I think it was up to like a dollar sixty something okay. for a bit, but it came down to a dollar twenty-seven per pound in August, which was the last time they measured that. Twenty-two mm. percent lower than last year. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that'll be the case. Yes. But still, a dollar twenty-seven per pound is is pretty much up there. Yeah. As some retailers, like I know that Publix has done this in the mm-hmm. past, will. Uh, about that time, lower their prices mm-hmm. below. They've been below a dollar a pound, which mm-hmm. has been helpful. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether Kroger does that or other retailers, but you know, if you can bring a frozen turkey, great. Mm-hmm. Ten dollars is a paper turkey. If you want to add a little bit this year, it might help. That would be just great. with with the prices of everything. Yeah, and then the three of us, we're going to be out together this year. Haven't done that before. I, I we haven't except for. When we used to do like the last day. Well, yeah. 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 Uh, but no, usually we would be Sebring, Ocala. Yeah, competing with competing one another. Competing with, yeah, we're, we're too old to compete anymore. So we're just going to. We're going to pool we're our gonna resources. All together. Right. Uh, we're going to be in Riverview <laughs> on Monday afternoon, 5 to 7, Riverview at Reach City Church. So I'm looking forward to that. So if you're out in the Riverview area, come by and say hi to uh, Dave, Bill, and myself. <laughs> The last couple of days, Bill has gone into teacher mode a couple of times. It's actually been pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, thank you. That's a compliment coming it from is. him. Uh, so uh, you were teaching about, um, you know, Reformation Day and then All Saints Day and things yeah. like that. Are we, we going to have a space lesson? No. Okay, good. No, we're going to have a music appreciation lesson. Oh, okay. Oh. I can do that. Okay. So here I want, I'm going to play you a little something. You may recognize the piece, Bill. I don't know that Carmen will. She may she may recognize it, but not know what it is. So here we go. That would sound be... familiar? Yes, it's, it, it sounds like Britain. <laughs> uh, it's not Britain, actually. <laughs> that would be me uh, as in Benjamin. Is that what you're saying? It's not Benjamin. No, I know what you mean. It sounds, it sounds like England. It sounds. Um, no, it's. Uh, it sounds very British. It sounds it's, very. It's like it's. It's actually Russian. Oh, okay. Like I said, it's, so it's not British it's at all. Tchaikovsky. <laughs> it is not no, Tchaikovsky. Not Tchaikovsky. So it's not Rachmaninoff. Definitely no. Um. Oh goodness. Um. It's, Shostakovich. It's, it's, no, it's, it's Sergei Prokofiev. Prokofiev, and the the title of the piece. Is Peter and the Wolf. And the Wolf, of course. Okay. Crying out loud. It's been too many years. Yeah. Where would we have heard this? Elementary school. Yeah. This is a piece that (laughs) I first heard in probably third grade. Really? It was written for one purpose. Hmm. In 1936, Prokofiev was asked to write a symphony for children that would introduce them to the different instruments in an orchestra. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we had that in Alabama. We, we were probably learning Sweet Home Alabama by the time <laughs> probably. y'all were learning that because I don't remember All anything. Right, y'all stand up. We're going to pledge allegiance to the flag <laughs> exactly. and sing Sweet I mean, Home Alabama. So it's it's a symphonic <laughs> piece that actually comes with a story <laughs> that's narrated generally. Mm-hmm. One of the more famous uh, is Boris Karloff. And it starts off by telling you that you're going to hear these different instruments. Here, just hmm. for just a second. For instance. The bird by the flute. The duck by the oboe. I was the never by the clarinet. Yeah. Taught. Oh. I was never taught this ever. 
So Ever. not not only do they each get a different instrument that uh-huh. represents them, yeah. they each get a little bit of a different theme. So mm-hmm. it was designed to teach kids the different instruments in, mm-hmm. a, in an orchestra okay. and how to follow a symphony. We do this today, believe it or not, mm. in movie soundtracks. Um, oh, yeah. For example, when you hear... Yes, yep, yep. You Star, know, that's Star that's Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. You recognize the theme. Yes. Yeah. Within the Star Wars universe, if you hear the dum, 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 the bad guy just came in. So each Darth character has mm-hmm. their own theme. Like a, a musical identifier. Kind exactly. Of thing, a musical branding. And this, so Peter and the Wolf was written to teach kids how to follow those musical themes, and what instruments in the orchestra were playing it. Hmm. So why am I bringing this up yeah. other than to educate Carmen as to how no, symphony works? No, I love works? this. I'm, I, and I took choir in high school and... Didn't learn any no, of this? No, but I, I like it. So here's why I bring it up. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a traditionalist. I don't know if you know that about oh. me. Yeah. No, I never. Yeah, never knew that about. They're me. very un, under, un, you know, soft-spoken <laughs> yeah, yeah. traditionalists, mm-hmm. right? It, <laughs> it bothers me when people mess with tradition, especially when they take something that has a traditional meaning, right, mm-hmm. and rework it or rewrite it, mm-hmm. and either take away from the original meaning or give it a completely new meaning. So, Peter and the Wolf was written for a specific reason, with a specific thing in mind, right. And in the story, what the kids learn is that Peter is playing in the field. His grandfather warns him, you can't be out in the meadow alone. You'll get, uh, you'll, you'll encounter a wolf. Mm-hmm. He encounters the bird, the duck, the others. Then he does encounter a wolf. And he works with the bird. The bird distracts the wolf. Peter lowers a rope and grabs it by the tail, ties it to a tree. Some hunters come along. Instead of killing the wolf, they parade the wolf through town and take him to the zoo where you can still hear the duck quacking from the wolf's stomach because he swallowed the duck whole. (laughs) So that's kind of the story of Peter and the Wolf. Well, Bono, of U2, Mm -hmm. and a guy named Gavin Friday have reimagined Peter and the Wolf. Mm. Did they do it to teach kids the different instruments? Did they do it to teach kids how a symphony works? Mm -hmm. No. They've basically included illustrations by Bono Mm -hmm. and a brief appearance by Bono in the film to teach kids about 12-year-old Peter who is grieving the loss of a parent. Okay. I I, I don't have a problem teaching kids about loss and grieving. Sure. Sure. But write your own story. (laughs) (laughs) Don't co-opt somebody else's story (laughs) to try and teach a lesson that's not there. The reason this thing exists Mm -hmm. in the way that it does is so that the different instruments are representing different things and you can teach kids what the instruments are and how they sound. There is no way to translate that into grieving and loss. It sounds like a stretch. Do you think there'll be a residual effect, though, that people will actually be able to hear and learn some of the original intent? Only if they're listening to me right now. Otherwise... The only other residuals will be the ones that go into U2's bank Bank account. account. (laughs) Dave, this listener says, Peter and the Wolf has always been my favorite. I'm 44. I have the record with no way to play it. And I've played it on YouTube for my son, age three. 
a few times to introduce him to it. Sad to hear about the pilfering of Peter and the Wolf. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we had a couple of texts along that that lines. Man, Carmen, you said you'd really never heard of it till today. Today years old, truly. That's the first time I've ever heard of that. But I love it. Like I'm I'm happy. I just wonder why Well, I, it's why just I different. didn't learn it or why I wasn't in my third grade class. Well, you know, you know what? I, having been familiar with some of the other things you didn't learn <laughs> that others may have, you know, I, they uh, could have played it in your third grade class. And I didn't class know, and, and I missed it. Could be. <laughs> I think it was about fifth grade when they loaded us up in buses uh-huh. at Anna Maria Elementary School uh-huh. and drove us to the Sarasota Symphony Aww. Hall. Mm-hmm. And we all got out and it was packed with elementary school students. I don't know if you could do this today, but we all... They had to keep us quiet a little bit, but we paid attention, and they did the whole thing. Peter and the Wolf right there with the Sarasota Symphony and and a couple of other pieces because it's not that long. It's like 30 minutes. Right. But I vividly remember that, hmm. and I can even – it made such an impression after majoring in music. That wasn't what – you know, don't connect those dots. It didn't dots. lead you to that? No. But after I majored in music, when I was raising our kids, I would frequently do that. I'd be driving down the road – and I would say, hey, Will, what instrument is that? I'd put on classical music. And I'd say, what instrument is that? Pick that out. He'd pick out the violin. He'd pick out the clarinet. He'd pick out the cello. We went through the musical instruments that way. And I did this with all of my kids. Four of my five kids are musicians. Um, and, you know, that's it's a good thing to do. It just teaches you how to listen, how to listen critically for certain kinds of melodies and how to, to, to know what's good music and, and what's not. Right. It's also a great elective in college if you're looking for something to boost your grade point average. Music Prish? I'm just saying. It depends I took on it. the teacher, Dave. Depends on the teacher. Two semesters. Got me out of a hole. It's been a very educational show today. From Polycarp to Prokofiev, we've learned some new things. We learned a new word today, carceral is the word. I figured I'd make it the big word of the day. It comes from the same root as incarceration, and it means of or relating to prison or imprisonment or to formal methods of social control. This word goes all the way back to the 16th century. And, Carmen, I'd never heard of this one either until today. It came from this sentence in the story about cell phone use and the new Florida ban that went into effect in May. Uh, the ban has made the atmosphere at Timber Creek, which is in Orange County, more pastoral, and more carceral. That's the big word of the day today, carceral. This is the morning cruise. 